Welcome to the Business of Beverages, Drinks Industry Insights with Makers, Marketeers and Mischief. Hello and welcome to the first Business of Beverages quiz of 2023. Woo! Woo! Uh, <laughs> the excitement levels are high. Uh, there may also be some fuzzy headedness because we are recording this on the 1st of January. So it is the very, very first quiz that we're doing. Happy New Year, Foxy. Happy New Year, Will. Did you have a nice little break? Because we actually took a week off from podcasting. <gasps> I, yeah, it didn't sit well with me. I got very itchy. <laughs> I wasn't happy. That's that's our first week off since we started. I know. I, I muted you on WhatsApp, so I wouldn't uh, have to read your messages about having to record something. <laughs> <laughs> but look, everybody deserves a week off now and again. Yeah. Uh, the hardest working beverage podcast out there? Yeah, I think we could patent that. Yeah. Well, half of us are probably the half of the hardest working beverage podcast out there <laughs> the other half just shows up uh, and asks some quiz questions well i actually i'm looking forward to this because it's it's been a while so it has a bit rusty I'm, I'm not gonna lie a little bit rusty um i don't have high hopes for myself but we'll, we'll give it a go and see how we get on well no i i have picked something that i'm hoping should be right up your alley oh okay is it guinness <laughs> no it's not but I, I, I tell you what why don't i ask the questions first and get okay. you get you you know warmed hopefully up hopefully in the zone fairly quickly dust off the cobwebs so for five points foxy this cocktail has two names that are interchangeable according to the international bartenders association one is of british origin and the other is of french origin but the recipes are the same Oh, that's interesting. Um, French origin cocktail. It has a different name from an English origin cocktail. Uh, I'm not going to get it on this one, so I am going to go with a Tom Collins. Great guess. Uh, simple cocktail. Um, one of my favorites, actually. I love a Tom Collins. Uh, How's it called in France? A Pierre Collin? <laughs> Thomas. Thomas Collins. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't call it that, by the way. Just if anybody takes that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you see people standing in the bar in France saying, Duma, Collins. Okay, so for four points, the French version is named after a bright yellow flower found in Central and South America. I have no idea what kind of flowers found in Central and South America that's bright yellow. Uh, <laughs> do you know what is, uh, just popped into my head, actually, is Dandelion, because there used to be a cocktail bar in Dublin called Dandelion. Uh, yes, and there's a co- very famous cocktail bar in London called Dandelion uh, as part of the Lion Group. Mr. Yeah, Lion. Uh, Mr. Lion. The yeah. number, uh, he, he makes a lot of money from cocktails. Um, I, I'm not going to get it on this one either, Will. Um, okay, yeah. but I would suggest that you think about the fact that it's bright yellow. Ah, so the cocktail itself is bright yellow as well. I didn't say that. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm pointing you in that general direction. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Give me, give me the next one. Okay, for three points. The British version of this cocktail inspired the name of the 1981 Eurovision winning pop group who sang the song Making Your Mind Up. Okay, well, that was before I was born. So that was a completely useless clue to me. Um, I, thought, I thought that would be the I thought that would be no, a giveaway. No, I'm, I'm not great on Eurovision uh, trivia, to be honest. Um... I don't know. People are probably screaming up there. Well, like this, this band are particularly famous for their dance routine, in which there were four members of the group: two boys, two girls, and the boys slash men ripped off the skirts of the women 
to reveal mini skirts underneath their skirts. It's not ringing a bell. Uh, Abba? <laughs> uh, no, no. Although not a bad guess because, of course, Abba, you know, multiple uh, Eurovision winners and had um, two boys, two girls. No, I'm afraid not. Okay, so we're going to have to um, go for two points then. So this drink of either name is most associated with brunch and also the Christmas, New Year's celebrations. Do you know what? I'm, I'm kicking myself now for that Eurovision one. Is it Bucks Fizz? It is Bucks yeah. Fizz. Yeah. I knew you knew it. Uh, Bucks uh, Fizz. That's, that's annoying. Yeah. I should have thought about that one a little bit harder. Yeah. Uh, as the uh, British version is called Bucks Fizz, named after the Bucks Club in London, and the French version is called Mimosa, after the flower from Central and South uh, America. It all makes sense now. Yeah, and then for one point, it would, of course, have been that uh, it is a cocktail of equal parts champagne and orange juice. There are minor variations in terms of the ratios and stuff like that, but it yeah. is well known as either a mimosa or a Bucks Fizz. Bucks Fizz. Ah, uh, kicking myself over that one now. The, your vision should have been the bigger clue. That's um, that's what I, I thought. I, I know uh, it was before your time, but like... Uh, uh, well, look, hindsight is brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> 2020. <laughs> 2023. So two points. Well done. All right. Well, uh, no, fair play. That was good. Um, nice and seasonal as well. I was inspired because it's a Bucks Fizz that my sister-in-law usually serves uh, on uh, in around Christmas. So, All right. Well, are you ready for your clues? I, I am. All right. Well, for five points, this brand is named after a monk at a Benedictine abbey in Hautevillier who lived from 1638 to 1715. Dom Perignon. Yes, it is Dom Perignon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the who was supposed to have invented the, the champagne method for um, making champagne fizzy. Yes, and uh, uh, and also using hemp rope to attach corks to bottles. I, I didn't realize he'd also done that. Oh, he's, he's, he's quite the man. He um, discovered that stronger glass bottles were, were much more beneficial to champagne-type beverages because it stopped them exploding. This He was quite the bon vivant then, you know? So he was, you know, we know he was involved heavily in alcohol and heavily <laughs> in hemp. So, you know. Well, uh, his official title was Monk and Cellar Master. Ah, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, fair play. I, I, I thought that might steer you down a bit of a beery direction first, but uh, well done. That was excellent. <laughs> Sorry, I just happened to know. I was I wasn't going to play it out. Uh, no, I I I, I knew that uh, straight away. What what were the other clues? Uh, so for four points, that the brand uh, only ever release vintages, which means that all the grapes happen have to come from the same year. Yes, unlike most champagnes. Yep. Uh, for three points, it was uh, chosen for the wedding of Lady Diane Spencer and Prince Charles. Uh, okay. There you go. I, that wouldn't have helped. Um, for two points, it is fully owned and uh, distributed by Moe Chandon. Uh, and now, there's the thing. So I believe, I'm open to correction, but I believe it's Moet and Chandon. Yes, so you, it is actually pronounced the T. You right. do pronounce the T. So uh, yes. if, if it was French origin, you wouldn't pronounce the T. So although it's a French company, they were Dutch originally. The family were Dutch and therefore it's pronounced Moet. Yes, you are correct. There you uh, go. Bonus uh, point, surely. They, they, you've already got five. You're fine. <laughs> uh, and then for one point, the uh, the champagne brand has collaborated with varied artists for labels, including Andy Warhol, um, Bjork, Lenny Kravitz, and Lady Gaga. 
There you go. I did not know that, but uh, I knew the first one. So there you go. Phew. Yeah, well, that was a great start to the new year for you. Yeah, I, I feel good now. I feel good. Yeah, uh, it is sure. nice to get a five-pointer. It is. Uh, I presume you're going to go out for your like five-mile run now, start the new year off, right? Now, my my wife bought herself uh, a new year diary slash motivation book, and we, she was reading it the other night in preparation of getting started, selecting our New Year's resolutions. And it said, don't make New Year's resolutions in January, the darkest, most miserable, <laughs> poorest time of the year. Wait until um, the spring. So wait until uh, mid-February. Uh, you'd want to be waiting until March at least. Equinox. I think the equinox. Yeah. When then you know, then you're then you're really into it. So, so come back to me. Check into me around the, uh, <laughs> the was it the vernal equinox? Yeah, yeah. there thereabouts. And after then, like you may as well wait till April when the you know the weather might turn a bit better. <laughs> and sure, at that point, then we're in the summer. There's no point in even starting. <laughs> <laughs> you might be onto a theme here, Foxy. You might be right. <laughs> Right. Well, we will see you for a regular episode next Monday. Um, Thank you very much, Foxy. All right. Take care, Will. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to The Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded, so we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at BizBevPod. If you'd like to support us further, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash BizBevPod. Okay, perfect. Hello, and welcome to the first Business of Beverages podcast. No, I've fucked that up already. (laughs) (laughs) You see, you take a week off. Uh, It all goes wrong. It all goes wrong. Right. Take two. All right.